0: Let's get off together. Everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am here today with a phenomenal human being who I'm just so excited to have her on the podcast. Jill Anderson is a speaker, she's a coach, she's so many things. Jill, I would love it if you could introduce yourself. <laughs> to the listeners of the get the fuck off podcast and everybody, we're going to be having a great conversation today about present moment awareness, being here now and, and all of the things, but first, Jill, who are you? Tell the the listeners all about Jill Anderson.
1: Well, the best way I can sum it up is Jill of all trades master of none. So, okay. That's (laughs) very general, but no, it's, it's, it's funny that, and I think as we go in our conversation, the, folks will understand a bit better um you know who I am how we got to connect and and all of that good stuff but um I would describe myself as um I'm a Midwesterner I was born and raised in Iowa I still live here I'm married to an immigrant Dutchman um and I'm in love with my dog and um but I've been um you know I I'm I like I don't know. I'm i I'm a recovering rule follower, or I'm trying to find my, you know, my balance between my intuition and my love for structure. Um, so I was in the food industry for about 20 years doing recipe development and things like that went through, um, a quarter life crisis <laughs> and then ish, um, a divorce after only 18 months of marriage. Um, and then my life kind of got flipped, turned upside down, like, you know, the Fresh Prince says. So I thought of that when you said that. <laughs> Life got flipped, turned upside, Turn upside down. And- down. <laughs> if I could take a minute, just sit, just right, sit right there. Right <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, But then I, you know, I, I I worked with my very first career coach after deciding that I, you know, I just didn't like being in, a, in the cubicle cage is kind of how I was feeling, even though I really liked the company I was working for, but I wasn't loving what I was doing. So I just, you know, ended up going freelance, getting um after my first experience with a coach, I decided I wanted to be one. Uh so into coach training and then, you know, just through that whole little life's candy land adventure, I found out that I really enjoyed speaking. And and honestly, in the last month and month and a half, I've you know gone back to being part of an organization. I'm now an academic advisor at my alma mater and I absolutely am a gobsmacked unicorn writing Goofy grinned person running around campus supporting students. And I absolutely love it. But I get to do it all, which is the best part. That is so
0: awesome. I think that 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 concept, I get to do it all, is so lost upon people because oh. we're we're chosen, like we have to choose a path. We have to get it right. We have to I, I love the air quotes, get it right. Like I've got to get it right. I gotta do the right thing. I gotta and make it. And there sure is I no make...
1: right ever. I was just thinking about that the other day about right versus wrong and good versus bad and especially with with students in such a formative time. I mean they're basically adult infants. And I mean that in a really yeah, wonderful way of like they're just trying to figure things out. So it's it's a sad thing that we feel like we have to choose right, choose well, you know, we're so performance focused and yeah, it's the means to the end without the concentration on the journey. Mm-hmm.
0: That is a really awesome segue. You have been, so everybody, Jill is part of my women's coaching community day one and has been in day one since the beginning. Yes. And I was so excited when you decided you were going to join us. I was like, because you have just that beautiful energy. I mean, I think everybody in day one really does, but your energy is so effervescent and powerful and it just resonates so well with me. And, and that shift of focusing on the journey is something that i think you've really come into in the last like half year. Oh yeah. It's very cool to see different people doing this, to coming into their own understanding of the journey and embracing the journey. And i would love it if you would share for you, what that looked Mm -hmm. like, like what it was like for you, Jill, because yours has been really remarkable and awesome to, to kind of see blossom. Oh,
1: thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I also have had anxiety since the day I was born. Um, I kind of describe my life as pre-med and (laughs) post-med seriously. I mean, that's kind of how it feels. So, um, so that fueled with a lot of comparison being this, like little sister to a really amazing, high achieving older sister. And like she's successful, does all of that stuff. But I noticed throughout like these challenges that I was always like, oh, once I get here, then once I get here, then. And I think a lot of us are programmed and plagued with that way of thinking. And so um it was always the the focus was always on the the next point. And it's like progress is in the process I don't know if that really fits hold on that wasn't what I was going for um but joy in the journey whatever like lame little you know adage you want to stick to it it's just being a you know in the anxiety and the worry it's the living in the future part and then mm-hmm. we miss what's going on and so it, it just you know has smacked me in the head there's a in day one it's the the idea too, of like being really present with your intentions. We've been doing that a lot lately and it's just, you know, it all, it's all just about right now, everything, everything. That's as everything. simple as it gets everything. It's it's so,
0: because we're so programmed, I feel like a lot of times, particularly in, in the beginning of day one, but really when I start working with, with people one-on-one, it's, it's like, I'm speaking a different language. We're speaking English. I'm speaking English. They're speaking English. I only speak English. So I speak restaurant Spanish and yeah. English. And um, we'll be speaking English, but it, it's a whole different type of English. And it's it's like, I know I'm saying the words and I know the words are being heard, but I think it's missed. Like when you say like the joy is in the journey, everybody will hear the phrase and it's like, I can show you where it is, but I can't make you see it. No.
1: And I, and I think the fascinating part about that is that the reason it's resonated so hard with me lately is because it's all about the connection to the senses. you like, we hear the words, we read the words, we listen to the words on the pot. You know, it has to be an experience. You have mm-hmm. to be able to have ways to translate that word into an action and, and practicing presence is very difficult because we, and this isn't going to go away. The world that we live in and you know i'm we're we're good in our pillow forts of our homes or our worlds as we know them but as soon as we step out into the world or open our social media or whatever that is like that shit storm starts and it consumes us so so it's like the how i've been able to do it obviously with andy's brilliant you know support through it but truly is to just what does it feel like? What does it smell like? What is it, you know, be here. Now? Like It's just become my mantra of like, be here now. Yesterday, and sorry, this probably won't air for a while, but yesterday was the FIFA World Cup final. Oh, yeah. I, I was in the
0: bodega right as Argentina. Like, like, I was like, what the
1: hell? I just like, there was a shot of the camera um, and the, it was looking at the back of the French goalie. And all I could like, it took me back to high school, you know, like in the uh-huh. playoffs or whatever it is that you're playing in, and the And you feel the pressure and the commentators talk about the pressure. And I just got like, but seriously, they, they showed the camera of the back of the, the French goalie and all the, old, the first thing that popped in my head was be here now. Cause I'm thinking, dude, that's the only place that you can be is right here now. Because if you thought for two seconds about what, what you're about to do or not do could mean you would freak out and like curl up in the fetal position and just like check out. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that is that's powerful that you brought that up. And this is going to air relatively soon. So it won't be so far in the past when when people are hearing about it. I mean, obviously, we're not doing this live. So you all know we sat a little bit earlier to to talk about this. But the World Cup is a a great example. And athletics is a great example in, in general. And I was not an athlete my whole life like up until I was 27. And then I started running on the treadmill at the gym to, uh, for mental health reasons. Mm-hmm. And then I fell out of it about six months later and didn't pick it up again until my early thirties. And I wouldn't have called myself an athlete at that time. I think it was after I ran my first marathon that my ex-boyfriend Mario referred to me as an athlete because I was being stubborn about, about the one of two injuries that I ha- have ever had. And he said, athletes are, 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 do not like to pay attention. Athletes are so stubborn athletes. And he just kept saying athletes. And I was like, who are you talking about? And he's like, I'm talking about you athletes. And I was like, well, what? what? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I, I, it was like, it was a mind blowing experience to realize I am now an athlete. This whole time I had defined myself as something else. And I am now an athlete. And I experienced that flow state. Like that flow state that you're describing, like during the World Cup, like I I experience that like when I run long distances of just there isn't anything else. There isn't anywhere else. This is and it's kind of like that flow state that people um experience at, in wars in the military, mm-hmm. um, in combat. In like that very hyper aware, I think there was a time in day one where I posted that good morning America interview of the people that were in the plane crash that survived yeah. and the lack of fear.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't have time for it. Your brain's like, screw you. I can only focus on what's happening right in front of me right now. And that doesn't allow space to be afraid. Mm-hmm. It, just, in- it can't exist there. But imagine like, and I think some of it too, is like, as our world becomes less and less connected. Physically, like we Mm -hmm. aren't washing our clothing with the other people in the village. We're not, you know, we're, we're not doing a lot of things in community. Like our humanity was kind of started at and raised at. And so we become even more individual and it just, we have so much more mind space. Like Mm -hmm. we're not, we have so much time to think so much space for these things to pop up because we're, like what else is our brain gonna do? And we're not individuals; like we're actually a
0: collective, we're a cohesive right. whole, a cohesive consciousness that manifests in like an individual experience. And this is, and and that was what we're taught, like here, in, and we're here, and and that is the the Western way of separate. Of, of you have to be special. You have to stand out. Mm -hmm. You have to be on top. You have to be all of these things, which is just not the natural state of being, which like it takes a village to raise a child. Like all of those things that you, you talk about, like with washing your laundry with the rest of the village. Well, there was an element of health to that. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I are close in age. So we have the advantage of. Being able to learn to use the Internet while we were young, but also knowing what it's like to live without the Internet, mm-hmm. knowing what it's like to go out to bars and not be on social
1: media while you're at the bar or, you know. Yeah, the... And fear someone's going to take a photo of you and post it somewhere.
0: Yeah, like no one's <laughs> got there. No one has like I had a Nokia phone until I was, I think, 21. Like like no one is taking a photo of you. It, I mean, when when we were when I was a teenager, you know, you go out, you're disconnected. Like I had a beeper. Yeah. You know, it's like my, my mother would give, but it was very, it's interesting that you're talking about the separateness. And then you'd mentioned social media a couple of times because I realized you and another member of our group met in person. Yeah. And I met you on the internet and I met her on the internet through my friend Andy's community. And well, really, I mean, she and I were part of that community, but she, she knew another member of our group better. And it was, that was the connection. But I realized that the way that I use social media is very much the way that it was intended to be used in the Mm -hmm. origin days, which was connect online to connect offline. Right. And somehow it evolved into it. And, And that's how I'm still using it. And when I saw that the two of you meet and have that connection and had that, that moment where you guys shared all of that special time together, I saw that happening with you and I saw that happening with her and I saw that happening with me and I saw all of that happening and I realized that what it has done effectively outside of us and outside of what we're doing is that a lot of people aren't using it that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are using it as a representation of what actually isn't. And they're using it as like a, um, I don't know, a moniker or like a facade or a, a dress up coat or something yeah. of what their life, they want their life to look like versus just a method of connection to connect elsewhere. Right. Like, and that I see as an, as an issue. Mm-hmm. Like I see that it I see that as a big issue,
1: you know. Yeah, it was funny because I um I did a speaking engagement a week or so ago, um, and I always you know have a slide that of just you know the people I love, you know, a little get to know me to build a little trust before I take you on this journey, and um, and I had the last time I did it. It's the first time I put a picture of myself after I was just like bawling. I mean, my summer was really challenging, and. One day I was just, God, it was just kicking my butt. And I just thought, you know what? This is life too. So I snapped a selfie and I put, you know, I'm a work in progress. This is not a highlight reel, people. Like this is, yeah, the good moments where I'm with people and the moment, but this is just as much a moment and happens just as often as all of the other smiley, happy things. And so, you know, I think that's the other part of it is just to let there be space for all of it and to be willing to to share that that happens to all of it. Cause I, you know, I think, yeah, that's the danger of social media that then puts us all in future tripping and prevents the the presence more often because we we're too dr- busy trying to make everything look like we, what we see. And that's, yeah. it's bullshit. It doesn't exist. So, you know, the, and it doesn't know. look it's like a weird there. way of all connecting it together, but it, it does it's like i was okay so i took my dog to the groomer this morning and i was jamming out to the victoria's secret song it fucking cracks me up but it's so true have you heard it Mm-mm. oh it's um i think the singer's name is Jax, and this is so funny because this makes me sound really old but she she's talking about um i know victoria's secret it was made up by a dude it was like made up from a guy in ohio <laughs> You
0: know, you know, (laughs) you know,
1: cashing in on body issues, selling skin and bones with big boobs like that's the the lyrics of the song. And I just was like, huh, and how impactful that has all been on what my perception of how I think my life should be, and I'm should be the should lady. That's my favorite word. But it all—it's all this messy tangle of Christmas lights, right? Like all these right. issues, like the be here now, the social media, the community, the individual. You know, all of that it touches in such a casserole kind of way. Um, yeah, and that's the cool part about what, what day one does is because we all come in here as like messy balls of Christmas lights, and then you're like, whoop, well, be here now. And I'm like, damn, yep, and then you know, like it's the beauty of going in messy and coming out aware. And, yeah. and so I, I have found such grounding um, and purpose and growth and just gratitude for my life. Even the hard shit, because you just recognize that you're yeah, it's a game of candy land and sometimes you get stuck in the black hole but then like you get out and you like march down a few more things and you decide if you're going to turn left or right and some days there's a magical thing that advances you five spaces and sometimes you go back to the black licorice nasty place and you know but like that's understanding that that's the good stuff that's the
0: human that, experience that like we're not there's nothing better on the horizon no, like it's, that it's like never... we're missing the experience of the human experience. I wanted to just stop, not stop you, but but I want to make sure that we talk about this because you had shared your experience with your last speech with me, with our group. And you said that it was. I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, but from what I remember, just one of the most powerful speeches or experiences that you've had as a speaker yeah. thus far. And I would love for you to share that um, with the listeners of the podcast about what that was like and what happened and and how you reframed that and
1: and all of that. Oh, OK. Some of it was it was my first, even though I, I had booked the engagement quite a few months ago, it was the first um, speaking engagement that I had since I um went back to working full time and finding what balance works for me professionally and i've found that this works very well for me professionally because for me it's 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 not about me it's about how i'm able to connect with other people and so when i was doing that from a business standpoint i struggled to you know kind of detach my own um need you know just like it being my livelihood and i just noticed that as you know for me i just i just want to get out there and ooze and goose and share it and like love on people um but you always get a little nervous which is a good thing because that means you care but you sent me a message that and i'll just read it because it it just like it's it was a it's a shifter like it just
0: my message
1: yes it was the holy crap that Oh my God, it's like the it's the coin drop, like literally the coin drop. And I it just blew my mind. And I thought, huh, okay. So you said, be here now, nowhere else, no other event, no other speech, no other audience, no other anything. The experience you have is the experience. And I was like, holy crap nowhere else no other event no other speech no other audience no other anything the experience you have is the experience and i read that before i went out there and i it was just this like the only thing that i am here to do is to have an experience with these people yeah Right. It wasn't me coming in and thinking, oh, are they going to receive everything I'm giving them? How is this going to change their life? That's not the point. The point was going in there and sharing what I share and doing what I do in a way that only I can, just like everyone else has their own, you know, gift of how they do what they do and only the way they can. And it was just ultimate presence of seeing each one of those people and just seeing them. And going on this journey with them in the time that we had, like it was only about what time we had that day, and it was absolutely incredible, like the whole front to back experience was just rich in a way that I've never experienced before wild and you're and you're present to it that's the th- the experience oh. that
0: you have is the experience. And the way that you read it to me was the way that I intended it. So I really it it means a lot that you read it that way because I wanted that to come through. I I talk a lot in this and I want to go back to it. But like I talk a lot about the um, the canceled flight example and that we always think about, Okay, well, the experience we're supposed to have is that we get on the flight and go home and then the flight is canceled. It wasn't supposed to be. You got on the flight and went home. The experience is the experience. This is mm-hmm. the experience. And we had, the, I had this happen to me very recently, um, summer before last, where like there was something wrong with our plane and then we got put up in a hotel. That was the experience. I I, I was having that experience. You know, like when you're saying, so when I said like no other audience, no other speech, no other time, because it's always like, well, how can I compare it to that speech? Or how mm-hmm. can I compare? It's Like, No. This is the experience. And if they reacted poorly or great or whatever they did, it doesn't fucking matter. That was the experience you were having in that moment. And to just yeah.
1: detach, to detach to outcome. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. And it was more too about, it took the the ego out for me mm-hmm. too, because uh, I'd been beating myself up. I felt like I had a couple experiences this summer, you know, a couple of speeches that didn't go as well as I had hoped or, you know, mostly for. Of course, there's always yourself mixed up in whether or not I did well or performed well, but it was more about um, it just took the me and made it a we like we are in this room together. We are going to have an experience. I may be the person who is at the front of the room, um, you know, with the message that I want to share with people, but it's about the collective experiences like and and, and I, I don't know I'm a little woo-woo when it comes to spending all these people were meant to be in this space at this moment like mm-hmm. we were all meant to be there and that's the part because my husband asked me he's like oh are you excited about you know your your talk and whatever and I was like it's funny I'm excited about the whole thing like it's who you meet in the airport who might you see at the gate Who do you talk to if you're a talker? Sometimes I'm not on the plane, but like, who do you encounter along the way? That was to me just as exciting as having this one thing to go to and do. Right. Mm -hmm. It was, and then, and then it bled into that of being there in that hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes, and just having an experience with these people. So when you can look at it more like top down and holistically, as opposed to me being the center of all of it. Mm-hmm. which is how we are programmed Trained to live to
0: be yes. right.
1: So it just, it's this in and out and this expansion and contraction of, huh, just take the judgment out, take the expectation out and just let yourself witness your life. And yeah. who you, who is brought to you in the moments,
0: And, and why they're there. And I mean, I wrote I this in my email yesterday and every time I write stuff like this, um, I get unsubscribers. I I get. I have a lot. I have a very high unsubscribe rate. My unsubscribe rate's like fifty percent, and that's good. Like that's a good thing. Self selection is okay. Yeah, I trigger the fuck out of people, but it it was all about that. I mean, it's like, do you want to spend eight months in anxiety ridden hell for your wedding that's going to last eight hours? Oh my god, I read that and I was like, boom, mic drop. Yes, it was. Yeah, like, or or like, or could we view it as okay, like? Today we're going to the wedding, the venue and we're going to see a new venue and like we're going to get to try some food and like maybe some of it we're not going to like and like maybe some food we're going to like and like it's fine and like people are going to come and some people aren't going to come and somebody's going to get drunk and puke on the floor and like it's all fine. This is the experience. You get so many bridezillas in the world. That's probably who unsubscribed. <laughs> I have actually no idea. Um, But like you get so many people that are so tied up. In the details of control, like we want to control all of this stuff and we want to, and, and we think
1: people give a shit and they don't, nobody's going to care as much as you do about this. Like, that's one thing I've learned too. It's like, it's the overthinking, it's the thinking we can control it, which means thinking that we can control other people's experiences based on what we create. Because Mm -hmm. we think if we create this beautiful space and we create this amazing, like, oh, they're going to look at the candle on the centerpiece and be like, oh, oh, love. And then, oh, that was the best chicken with sauce I've ever had. You know, (laughs) like, we think that we can influence that entire experience. And it's like, it it just becomes the next one-up game of, you know, the next reality show on TLC about, you know. True story.
0: And my step-sister got married and it was a uh, it was be- it was beautiful i mean the food was good <laughs> um my stepsister has um a large group of friends that are the patio crowd i used to be of the patio crowd a lot of cigarette smokers a lot of standing outside you know just kind of drinking slowly shooting the shit smoking cigarettes enjoying each other's company so there was a lot of that at her wedding and the people that were in, not a lot of people inside dancing and I was dancing and my, my brothers were dancing and my, you know, my, my future sister-in-law was dancing and my mother was dancing and we were all doing that. But like we had our experience, which was a completely different experience than the patio crowd had mm-hmm. and whatever. And there was nothing that my stepsister or her husband or my parents or, or her, her mother or her grandmother or anyone that was involved in the planning None of their preparations, despite making a very lovely event, they couldn't decide what experience people had. That's no. going to be decided by the person. So that person came into your event and decided, I mean, they can't hear anything that is not already of their awareness. So it doesn't matter. Everyone heard a different message and mm-hmm. everyone hears different stuff all the time. That's so why you watch a TV show. You watch the whole thing five years later. You have a totally different
1: experience yeah. of that show. Yeah. Right? It's like when you when we, we we've been talking a lot in day 1 about that particular thing about what lens of experience we're having and how we're interpreting what's coming at us based on our own experience, right? So it makes me think of like everybody's walking around with their own little Snapchat filter right? Like some people have the sparkles, some have the butterflies, some look like zombies. Like, but if you think of it that way and you put you, it's like seeing people in their underwear when you're nervous about talking in front of them. It's like, if you're recognizing that they choose the filter that they walk around with, that you can't influence that. That's not up to you. You can choose your own filter or Mm -hmm. no filter at all, you know, but it, it, it helps sometimes just to turn that around and think that like, we really don't, have control, but like, that's what all brings it home about that. It's all an inside job. It's all about our own filter, our own lens, our own experience, our own attitude about how we go about the world. And, you know, and some of that too, for me being a very, um, I don't know if the dependent is the right word, but I felt very um, attached to my parents and like what they thought and how, you know, doing everything right. And this whole perfectionist overthinking you know, way I I was raised and it, I'm starting to see now, like they're having their own experience. They have their own set of values and what matters to them. And that's not for me. It may not be for me and it doesn't have to be for me. They can chat about what is important to them and try to influence me, but I don't have to let that happen anymore. Right? Like it's identifying ways to be singular and individual and in what you can control of yourself while also participating in the world around you without taking it all on. Right. right? Cause you
0: don't have to. And if you're, if no. you're somebody that really that, that gets inspiration and gets all of these other things from people in the world, mm-hmm. it, it can be difficult to navigate, but keeping that in mind, like the, the filters, um super powerful and that kind of ties back to like you you said and I believe your words were I haven't kept a lot of notes (laughs) um but I believe your words were recovering
1: rule follower yes was was that that, yeah it's just I I know that's where I feel the most uh safe and comfortable my husband and I were talking about it because we had a car ride to the family Christmas this weekend and and you know the last couple of years I've been trying, you know, doing business on my own as a solopreneur and spending a lot of time alone and struggling a lot. Um, and then since I've swung to, you know, finding an, a place that I'm thriving, You know, he joked that it's, of course, Jill, is an academic institution. Of course, it's an academic institution. You love school. You love sitting in a room and having an authoritative figure tell you what to do and how to do it. And I'm like, son of a gun. He's right. And I'm very comfortable in those environments. So for me, it's saying, okay, there's truth to that. And how do I want to show up? How do I want to be? knowing that that's where I feel comfortable, but I can choose if that is serving me or not serving me. Right. And everything that we've done has served us at some point. And that's, that's cool. I love the,
0: that, that choice. Um, talk about that a little bit because you, you are the should lady. Yeah. And I want you to talk about the shoulds. I think a lot of the, the listeners of the Get the Fuck Off podcast will relate to this idea of saying things like I should this, or I oh should my that.
1: And I would oh love for gosh. you to, Talk about like my word every I I want to just carry an air horn. Every time somebody says it I catch them and people Uh, who spend a lot of time with me, they catch themselves and it's awesome. Like it's my favorite thing. I think it's the one word. Um, if anyone encounters me at any point, the only thing I want them to take away is to pay attention to how many times you say it, how many times you hear it. And then what context it is because, So much of us with the people we love, we give unsolicited advice all the time. We compare ourselves to other people. All of that is a should. That's why my life was a should show, (laughs) should show up until the divorce, right? Like that's kind of like for me, the before and the after a little bit. And because my childhood was very much like observing what everyone was doing, thinking that that's how I had to do it. And then internalizing that there was something wrong with me or something that needed to be fixed because I wasn't doing x y or z or getting married in my 20s or i couldn't you know whatever that was and so so now i view shoulds as the segue into a choice of could i it's everything's a choice everything Mm -hmm. and people hate that because it it takes them out of the victim Mm -hmm. standpoint mindset whatever and it puts the onus on them which is sorry people it's where it belongs it's all about you, nothing happens to you. Circumstances mm-hmm. happen. Of course, like mm-hmm. uh, nobody chooses to be in a car accident. No one chooses mm-hmm. to be terminally ill, but there are a lot of choices along the way. Um, And recognizing that you, you have the power to ask the questions and it's, that's where the power is. Mm-hmm. Right. My husband's a very annoyingly curious person <laughs> and he's taught me a lot about that. And it's probably been one of the biggest lessons he's taught me is like, question everything and it's not to be an asshole it's about to stop yourself yeah stop yourself in a program
0: that that begins to run that you might not even be aware
1: that it's running oh yeah because it's not even always with yourself it's about when you're talking about the wedding it's so much of it's like oh well sherry's wedding had this and that and you know it's all fueled by judgment and like the things that we think we think we should have this because what is someone going to think? So it's all fueled by judgment. It's fueled by programming it's fueled by comparison and all these things. And we're so worried about what everyone else thinks and wants and how they're going to respond that that's all the outside noise and bullshit. And then the be here now doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's kind of the first step to finding awareness of where are you living according to what everyone else thinks you should do, which is not, may not align with who you want to become. Mm -hmm. I've, I've fought the battle. So, but kind of back to my husband's conversation about me feeling really comfortable in an academic environment. Okay. I can choose if that is a place that I want to be. Um, I've experienced the discomfort of other scenarios, other working environments that didn't serve me well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I can be there and bring my gifts of growth and oh make a difference in a way that i want to and so what if the like i I've, I've just been able to find the environment where i thrive by choice it's not by default
0: then this is something that just bringing this up as well like my my mom um was actually the person that brought this up to me my mom uh, has a background in psychology and so some of the stuff um correlates mm-hmm. you know and she brought up preferences and she said, it's okay to have preferences. And so I started asking the question of myself and then of clients. And is that a preference or is that programming? Ooh, like,
1: yeah, that's right. A good
0: one. Is that a preference or is it programming? Because, and it might be programming and it's also your preference or it might be programming right. and it's not your preference. Like, is it my preference to be a big fish in a little pond. Well, I, I like that, but I also could be a big fish in a big pond. Like Mm -hmm. I could be like, is the, the programming to stay small? Like, are you like, what is the, what's the programming? Like I live alone. I, I I prefer to live alone. Now, is that like, is that actually a preference or is it because you have like some issues with like living with other people? I mean, there's like different things. Like you prefer an academic environment. Like that's a preference. you like it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now you also can continue with the other things that you'd like to do. Like you're still speaking. You're mm-hmm. not you're not sacrificing speaking to right. work in academia. Like you're <laughs> not sacrificing any of that to Yeah,
1: but I'll tell you that the programming for that came into pay. Corporate pay is way better than academia all day long so that was a hard pill for me to swallow of the choice of like the programming of like I've been so far in my career I should be making xyz by now Mm -hmm. you know that was kind of a challenge of programming too so it's like do I choose the preference of the environment in which I thrive doing the work I really love to do at the expense literally of money Right. We so, all do.
0: We do that here because we
1: think money's tied to like that su-
0: that subconscious survival thing. And it's like, well, number one, you're not going to die. And number two, you're probably not going to do much else that you love if you're having the shit sucked out of you by
1: choosing the money over the love,
0: you know, over but the But we really
1: are in Western society taught that money is the only measure that matters when it comes to, and if it's not the only, it is by far number one top priority. Mm-hmm. And I'm then like, if you, and then do what you love. And then. I relate to this though, Jill,
0: because I, you know, this is like my second, I'm going into my third full year of like, of G- of like GTFO and like, you know, really like coaching kind of full time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I left my side jobs um a year ago, in November. So it's over a year now and they paid well and this year, my business made four or five times more money than it did last year. Like I made more money this year coaching and I grew more. I mean, I was only working one-on-one with people and then I created day one and day one is forever expanding. And now I'm like doing one-off little, you know, informational type things or whatever. And I I started offering different levels of how I coach and, and, and I, and all of this stuff, I am a, a, a massive success story and I'm consistently comparing the dollars to the dollars that I made, like working as a bartender in Times Square, and I'm like, well, that was a lot. That was a lot of money, and that was an obscene amount of money. Um, that was an obscene amount of money. It, I was way overpaid, uh, for a long time, and completely
1: stagnant and miserable. I was going to say we just don't we are we suck at assigning any sort of value to health, wellness, happiness, joy, um. No, like, r- reduction in stress doing, you know, finding your your lane of where you're thriving. Like, we don't know alignment. what thriving feels like. Yeah, we survive, and we think that money fixes all the other shit, and it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. People, people freaking put,
0: them sleep, put themselves to sleep on the weekends, like, just trying to gear themselves up for Monday morning. And, and you're a, a testament to the fact that you can have a job. Like you can have a job working for someone else and mm-hmm. be happy. Like it doesn't have to be on- the entrepreneurial um, adventure. I think for me, it always had to be that because I have such a a problem doing nonsense things that I don't care about, and um, I just haven't found the the job that would would afford me the opportunity to not do nonsense things that I don't care about. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, 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 which is about- funny because
1: you're you're going on that realm, and I'm I'm listening to you thinking more like leaving space for the things you kick ass at. Like you were spending so much time doing the shit you didn't like, and there wasn't enough space for doing what you love. So it's, it's funny, like the, the, the flip of like, kind of what you don't want to do. And I just see you like just in your ecosystem. That is just like, boom, Andy blow, like blossom blossom. Doesn't quite sound like the right word for the get the fuck off lady, but like, Know. You know, rapidly compounding and blowing up into amazingness, right? Like I'm changing it, though. Everything's changing. Like,
0: and this is actually the first time that I'm talking about it publicly, but I realize that the message that I'm sending out is not being heard by the right people. And i i, I i'm I'm fine with changing. Like, I'm fine with adapting. Mm-hmm. Like, GTFO is always going to exist and it's going to live. And I think it's going to live as an informational resource, which is always what it intended to be. But my coaching one-on-one and day one is just so much deeper. And mm-hmm. I think it needs to live under its own umbrella. So that's going to be something that's going to be happening in the upcoming year, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I want to move it away from... I want to have everything kind of not be so lumped together because I do think people need a resource to start getting away from the habits that don't serve them anymore. And also, it is is not, when they're there, they're not necessarily here. I want them to have access to here.
1: Yeah, it feels like um, GTFO is like phase one of like when you're having the internal reckoning that this isn't working, period. Because I've been in that place too. I may mean, not, you know, not, I. for me, it wasn't smoking or drinking. It was, you know, emotional, eating and, and other things and just internal struggle because, but like, once you're there, then it's 2.0, then you're drilling down the next level deeper. And that's like, you're getting to the root of why yeah. GTFO exists. And because that's, it's it, and it exists
0: to touch the ego. Like that's why right. I created it to touch those egos because otherwise I found myself very at a loss for information when I was, because it just, well, no one looks like me here. Right, Mm -hmm. like it's like it's like no one looks like me in this room, so I don't belong in this room, and I can't find anything that I need, and um, but you know this is all kind of just like going back to like, yeah, I want to keep it on on track with the conversation of like alignment and thriving and what does that what does that look like, and it's like we always think it's supposed to be. The next step, like the next step is what thriving looks like. And it's like, no, this is actually what thriving looks like. And maybe this is the least money that you've made in a decade. Because for me, it has been. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and yet this is the most money I've ever made in my life. Helping people change their lives and doing something that I love. It's fulfilling.
1: And and, full circle, you're not who you were. Yeah. Yeah like, that's the other part about day one that just, you know, and be here now. It's like who I am in this be here now moment is not who I was yesterday in the be here now moment. Wasn't who I was two hours ago in the be here now moment. Because when Mm -hmm. you're experiencing, you're constantly in, you're evolving, just like your cells divide and reproduce, and you have a new layer of skin every however many months or whatever, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we're doing that mentally and emotionally. And that's, It takes a hell of a lot more effort. It doesn't just happen involuntarily, like our body is magically able to do that. But, but, but that's the thing. That's the danger in comparing more with yourself than anyone else.
0: Right, and and even like when you talk about the cells of your body and your skin and everything, like that's another thing about like people going into the new year. And this will air before the the first of the year, so hopefully, people who are listening that are on the new year intentions gonna,
1: or not fucking t- resolutions. Yeah, just Fuck get the a,
0: resolutions. You know, to to be able to like if you, if it's like to lose weight, the the amount of adaptive processes that your body has to go through to be able to have that happen. I mean, it's, it's a lot of process. Be patient, you know, be here now each moment, one moment to the next moment, to the next moment, to the next moment. It might not happen for six months. I mean, I I say this very often. I gained 15 pounds training for my first half marathon, 15, one five. And people,
1: it's not about your body. It's not. sorry. Mm-hmm. It might be how it's manifesting. I'm just getting into this hard. It's been years and years and years of me chipping and chipping and chipping at the deep core, like source of, my struggle with this. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's, and I, 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 people, my husband might have a different point of view on, you know, the, the why, yeah, there's some physical things about calories and calories out exercise, That, but there's a whole lot of other shit that contributes to it too. And you're, Your um, keto diet, your whatever bullshit you're going to start January 1 is not going to solve your problem. Absolutely. Because your problem's not your body. Your problem's not your food. Your problem is a whole lot deeper than that. And -hmm. it's not a problem. It's an experience. It's an experience. It's not a problem. It's an experience that just needs to be rewired. And you're, it's not, fault doesn't matter either. Blame doesn't matter either. It's just, who are you right now? And right now, that's it. Who are life is life is for learning.
0: I mean, we're all like, and as we learn more about who we are, like it's such a a noble thing to get closer to your own human experience Mm. and to see it. And it doesn't matter. Like a lot of times people will want, like, well, what what was yours? Well, what was your thing? And it's like, well, it doesn't matter.
1: Because what works
0: for you doesn't work for me. May not. May, may not. Yeah. I mean, like, we talk about it in in day one. I have a number of people that have that have taken positive intelligence, myself included, that really related to it. You're like, was that Sherzad? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no I, love I do it. love a lot of this stuff but it is it's the consciousness it's the yeah it's
0: like but it resonates really well with some people so it doesn't resonate as well with other people other people can appreciate it like we can all appreciate but we're all different humans mm-hmm. and you know just to be able to to understand you know in this learning line of life to be able to understand your own human experience and 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 all of that I mean I don't know I I, I love when you talk about it because I love to hear, <laughs> because yeah I
1: just love the budding like awareness and mind blows and like that. It, that. Is, it, it It is, but I would tell you, all of you, that the more patience you have, that it's not about the change. It's about the awareness because the change will morph in time. Like quit focusing on what change you're going to get from it. Like it's not a Fucking present! You're not going to be the red bow at the car commercial, which don't start me on that GMC truck commercial where the guy gets the girl a dog and she's like, I got you a gift too. And there's this big truck that comes out of this. It's so dumb. Sorry. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's annoying because it's the very traditional. But anyway, my, my point is, is that it's not about the bow on the present. Again, here we go again with it's not about the end point. You have mm-hmm. to be present and then all that other shit will change without you really even noticing sometimes because you're changing, you're doing the micro steps from the inside out. Tell me about like, if if you could
0: kind of guide anyone listening and how that, like how did where to start? I mean, I I can, I've said it in different ways, but everybody's voice resonates with people differently. Like where where would you start? How would you start
1: that? Mm. I honestly, it was just, I spent a lot of time trying to find um, things that click and resonate for me. And so I I honestly think that it's because I've been in, I have found day one and I have experienced many other coaching communities before, and I needed something deep. I needed Mm. it. It wasn't the other ones weren't deep enough for me. I needed someone to call me on my shit in the most compassionate kind way. And It has just been like the absolute, it's, (laughs) it's like the naked pillow fort. It is. It's like, but we all go in there like emotionally naked and, and exposed and it's the most beautiful thing. But like, but, but that has helped me have the place where I can wrestle with some of these things and then go back out into the world and have a moment and be able to go do a quick timeout. Like it's created the pathway in my brain that makes me think when I look at the goalie, be here now, dude, just like, just be here now because Uh other, so it's a process. It's not a, it's not a how to one, two, three sort of Uh thing, but it does begin with finding a place where you feel a hundred percent, safe held challenged all at the same time and and the sense of community has been important too because i mean some people can find this with their therapist or a coach um i have found the group setting to be very powerful because i struggle in groups to share and to not lead Mm. because that's my way to deflect so so to have a, a strong um powerful leader in you has allowed me to like just be on the bus. Well, I, thank you. I love that. I love that. It, I love that. it. it,
0: I never know what to say because it's, it's like, Holy shit. She's talking about day one, (laughs) Yeah, you know, but it's chill. It's, it's beautiful what you said about like just being on the bus as well. and, And I, and I see this pattern in a lot of people, um, even, you know, people that, that, I mean, I see this pattern in people. So when it's happening, it's not, it's not falling on deaf ears or eyes or, or blind eyes or whatever you would say. And I think that early I saw a lot of that sort of behavior where I was like, oh, you know, I would see this pattern of, I'm having a tough couple
1: of days. Sorry, I haven't been here. It's like, that's the time you need to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah. or <laughs> I'm on the struggle bus and you're like, yeah, dude. Cause you fucking took the steps and opened the door and put yourself on it. Like it's, it's the ultimate, like you have to have responsibility. Like I think too, it was the ultimate there. There's no escaping our own responsibility for what, wh- how we got ourselves where we are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, it, we always talk about the mirror. Like I had it this, this weekend when my, you know, Family or husband or whoever, like anytime you get honked off now, it's now it's Andy in my head going, what's the mirror showing you? And I'm like, son mm-hmm. of a bitch. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's right. And now I'm able to see it. Right. Like, but it is. You have to gird your loins, people, and like take fucking responsibility for who you are, where you're at and the work you got to do. Everybody has work. 90 percent of, of people ignore it and go through life hurt ignorant and at the end of their lives in their coffins, like, Oh, I should have, you want to tie your the shirts up. That's where it, that was the, 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 the spark in the fire though. I don't want to get to the end of my life and feel that way. We get one shot at this shit. Yeah, we get I don't what we do. Rot. So, so what are you going to do? Nobody's going to do it for you. No one can be happy for you. Nobody can go out into the world and have an experience for you. They can't. So you have to learn it. And we can be pissed and sad and victimy about how our parents didn't do that. Well, guess what? Someone's parents was an asshole to them too, or whatever it is, right? You've got what you've got. The only person who can change it's you or me, right? Like it's but, the yeah, bare it, gods It's your truth. responsibility.
0: I like yeah. the word and Wayne Dyer says responsibility means to respond with ability. And I spent so many three decades blaming my blaming my parents, and my parents are good people. Um, yeah, and I and I learned a lot of my behaviors from. From my parents. And that doesn't mean that they're bad people. They're human beings. Everybody, like, I was just listening to a, a training video and they were doing a demo, a coaching demo. And the woman said, I, um, this is going to be a, a short demo. So don't bring your mother into it. Um, Because she was like, she wanted to do like, help somebody kind of work on a memory, but Mm -hmm. didn't want to have to, you know, go at it for an hour. And, you know, I really found it to be great, you know, because we use these in like one-on-one coaching, different things like timeline therapy, like, hey, this could be, this could be a, this could be an hour and a half, you know, so let's not, let's not necessarily, but, but the, but why she said that is because it's not that everybody had a terrible mother although I'll tell you what like a lot of people have had big T trauma yes. and that yes. has happened and I'm not discounting anyone's big T trauma um it's your responsibility even when it's big T trauma like and if if that means it needs to be therapy it, it which if it's big T trauma it it does like you need, you know you should be probably seeing a licensed professional um or anyone anyone that you relate to that you can you can allow yourself to just take down your guard and work through it, because it, it has to be no matter what the layer or the level was, your parents aren't responsible. And no. when I started to see, like I, I I've. I'm just going to say that I I was from every relative that I've ever kind of known about. I can't say that I have had any happy ones. I think that my stepmother comes the closest mm-hmm. and my, and my sister as well. I think that the two of them um, are the happiest of my relatives. I think everybody else uh, treads the line of misery uh, most of the time. And that's my experience of them. Um, and that is of course jaded by me, you know, like, like my mom is happy plenty, you know, um, but like when I think of my life, of course, my mem- my memories aren't accurate, but I, I also noticed that this is a reflection of my inner state. So if I'm seeing them in misery, maybe I'm the one that's in misery and maybe mm-hmm. I'm the one that's perpetuating my own misery for years and years and years and years. And at some point I had to get to a point where I'm like, it doesn't matter what I saw or what I thought I saw or what was. There are many reasons and explanations that my 10 year old mind couldn't understand for this right. thing happening or this thing happening or this thing happening. And now it's my fucking responsibility to take life take responsibility and agency for my own experience, or I'm going to die like this. Like you said, like I'm going to be in the coffin tying up the shoulds with the big red bow from the GMC
1: commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking fucking nuts. Yeah. And it's like, it it is. And it may seem like a lot of effort, but you like, what's the payoff? No F no risk, no reward. Right. And you have to decide if you're worth the effort and your life is worth the effort. And it hurts sometimes, but it's like, so do growing pains when you're eight. So what? These are still growing. Pains. You know, and there's, I mean, there's balance too, between growth being uncomfortable and growth being, you know, really warm and nurturing and, you know, like there's a balance. It's not all hard. It's not all, um, doesn't all have to be painful. Like there can be a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, growth and healing things and having moments of like, Wow. I'm like the, the small micro steps become easier and you see where the change starts to happen. And it's not, yeah, it doesn't have to be forceful, hard stuff, but sometimes the, the message is hard to, to hear that yeah. it is up to you. And your partner is, you know, we can demonize our partners. They're the easiest ones because there are, you know, our most, most, usually most intimate um, relationships and, but yeah, I mean, like that's the biggest mirror of all of it. And one of my
0: mentors, Sean Smith, says, "Uh, you can't be grateful for the lesson and hateful for the teacher." Mm-hmm. And 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 like, I get chills when I hear it because I'm like, mm-hmm. "Wow," you know. Like, and and talking about going through those growing pains and moving forward, and sometimes, Drop your guns. like when it's over, like when the the contraction has ended you you like you shine and you're and you're just filled with such immense gratitude like did you feel that after your after your hard summer
1: yeah yes yeah I feel like um I I have a very bright inner light I think and I still struggle to show up fully afraid like I'm like just gonna have to walk around with a bunch of sunglasses and be like put these on put these on um but I'm learning how i've dimmed it at my own expense and just like how that's shown up for me so i'm getting better at like taking the armor off bernie brown calls it armor and i agree with that um how we get ourselves like amped up and armored up and ready to go take on the world and i'm i'm working at taking those things off piece by piece and being you know just going about the world the way we're all meant to with less armor and just more
0: more shine You can't, you can't dim a bright light. That's the thing. I mean, one of my,
1: yeah, but I'm burning the shit out of myself in the process. It's like, I'm not letting the the shine come out. So I'm keeping it in and it's like burning me at the same time. Let it out.
0: Let it out. Because we're not, you know, I think that that's the thing is that we start our lives wanting to fit in and we're meant to stand Mm. out. And then we get like made fun of almost. And I, (laughs) and I'll tell a story about, about somebody, um, that spent five decades trying to dim their bright light and like now as an adult constantly feels like unworthy Mm. and it's so very obvious to me hey dude you created that you created it by dimming your own light when you were so young you didn't even know and that's how it's manifest. But, you know, and that's just my interpretation of it. But it's like if you spend five, six decades trying to dim your own bright light. Eventually, you're going to you're going to be kind of sitting in the why am I not enough? And I was like that. I dimmed my bright light with my drinking. I used to drink to um, fit in with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Be
1: stupid yeah, it's like a human, everyone else. It's a human reflex. Like that's that's part of the human condition or the human tendency. It's
0: like, but why didn't I want to be with other, everyone else's? Like if, like, why did I, like, and then, and it's fine. Like, it's totally fine. It's fine that you want community and whatever, and you had the resources available to you at the time. I think of it and I think, you know, I, I did do this to fit in with everyone else. And had I gone through the discomfort of not doing this, I would have eventually aligned with people that were as bright as I was and, and been mm-hmm. in the rooms that I should have been in, not should have, I obviously shouldn't <laughs> have, because that was my experience. The experience yeah. I had was the experience. Um, but when I gave that up, when I stopped dimming my own light, when I stopped drinking, when I stopped playing small, when I stopped doing all of that, I had to go through that discomfort that I would mm-hmm. have gone through when I was 20. i had to go through it at 36 but i had it or 35 or 34 or whatever year i started you know i had to go through it then and um yeah like i mean that was really that like you don't get to skip
1: like no you don't you don't get to skip it you know oh sweet no that like this is there are no exits like you're on there's there's no way of bypassing any of this crap people like you have you you have to go through it You do. There's no, there's no exit ramp. There's no Oasis where you can just like have a Starbucks and wait for everything to pass. It doesn't work that way. You have to get your butt back on the interstate and go like you do. You do. Sometimes there's no traffic. Sometimes there's a shit ton and you want to scream at people. And sometimes your bumper gets bumped and, you know, like, but that's part of it. Like, but then what's, that's the process. That's the experience. My husband, the other bit of wisdom I love is he's like, if it wasn't hard You don't remember it. It's not memorable. Like this is when I'm setting up what I call the Jilton, a tent in the middle of Minnesota with like, you know, cots and all sorts of crap. Like I'm building this hotel out of a tent because I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to be out here. I don't want to do this. You know, and he's just the most aloof, you know, adaptable creature. And he's like, honey, if it wasn't hard, what would we remember? We wouldn't remember anything. And I'm like, I don't want to remember. I just want to have a good time. (laughs) but that's that's how I've learned to to embrace those moments right yeah I just want to go right to the fun I don't want to have to endure anything and I'm thinking that's that's another disservice we're we're doing ourselves in society thinking everything needs to be easy and streamlined and you know like we don't need to hurt and we do a little sometimes like it's the effort it's the stretch right doesn't necessarily have to be like painful and discomfort but like there needs to be a little stretch like how do you grow if you don't and And that was a I said that though, like, I remember, I think it was like July
0: and I said, and I felt like a jackass, um, but I said this in day one, I'm like, why do you think you're supposed to feel good all the time? And I remember I said it. I think yeah. I remember I was in Chicago um, for that call. No, it might've been the week before that, because I remember um, the next week, Allison said are coming on and talking about the things that get you excited and make you feel aligned yeah. and, and feeling good. And, and I was thinking, yeah, you know, I, I like to follow alignment, excitement, feeling good. That's great. There's no way a human is gonna feel good all the time. Sooner no. as you can radically accept the times that you don't feel good and not try to reactively change it. Like it's right. it's very in the very zen approach, like if you're if you're happy, be happy. If you're sad, be sad. If you're mad, be mad. And like not even always assigning a culprit. This is something that that Martin, my partner, has really taught me a lot about is the idea that when I'm angry. There doesn't always have to be a reason. Like mm-hmm. there doesn't have to be a circumstance or a person. I don't have to blame someone or something. I can be I can be depressed and I don't have to blame someone or something. Like last night I was sad and there's I have no humanly reason to be sad. Everything's going right, everything's going well. I have a place to live. I like where I live. I have enough to eat. I have good friends. I have a good I have a loving relationship. I have my parents are in good spirits right now. We're heading into the holiday. My stepfather just retired. He's in good spirits. My brothers seem to be, you know, are going to be coming home for Christmas. Like, all this stuff is going to be happening. I I don't have a reason to be sad, but I'm sad. Well, just be sad.
1: Well, we reason- want to play emotional pin the tail on the donkey, right? Like, mm-hmm. we constantly want to, like, put the tail where, like, we want to hit the bullseye. And sometimes donkeys don't have tails. Yeah, you know. You know? So it's like I'm am a very visual and, and analogously minded. I don't know if that's a word person. So for me, it's like when right. I picture myself like trying walking around trying to pin, you know, pin a tail. And then I'm like, really dumbass. Like just sit down and sit with it for a little bit, right? It, it helps to me to visualize what what it seems like I'm putting myself through in that moment. Like just. Just chill out a little bit. But we always have to assign blame. We feel like we're called to... There needs to be a reason because then Mm -hmm. we can fix it. We're not about fixing. We're here to experience. It's not about the fix. It's about like making space for it. So... I love it. And I love
0: that you're visual cuz I'm not. So it's nice to be able to give people something oh, like man. that. I was, can I just I have to tell a quick story and then I want to ask you like one more thing. But the quick story is I was listening to Insight Timer a box breathing thing and mm-hmm. I got so triggered because the guy was like to practice box breathing, imagine a box, a four count on each side. You'll enjoy a four count inhale, a four count hold. And I'm thinking, why do I have to imagine a fucking box It's breathing? I never thought of a visual to breathe in all of my life and you're like wanting me to think of this box. Why can't I just think my nose why do i gotta think of this fucking box so it's to to not be it's so interesting to when people are visual and and to because most of the population is so to listen to that kind of stuff is cool because it helps me in the idea that oh i will be a better communicator if I can incorporate this, so I always appreciate yeah. your visuals, and I well, appreciate the way that you do them.
1: Oh, thanks. The one yeah. I used this morning with um some friend was talking about how I just and me being a food person, this makes total sense it's you're all about finding your secret sauce. Right for me, whatever your your recipe is, like I feel like with entrepreneurship, that was my bit of like, ooh, I added an ingredient there, and I just had done a little too much of it, and so mm. now it's like, ooh, I learned I got to back off on that and add a little more of, like that's how I think of it, right? Like it's nothing's yeah. bad, nothing's wrong, it just doesn't quite meet my taste. Like so what's the main? Like, yeah, the how main. You- like what's the protein? Like what's right. the What's the How main do you like thing? your pizza? How do you like your whatever? I mean, like that's just what you're trying to sort out for yourself,
0: right? And then can you can have all of it? Like we don't need to say, okay, well, this
1: or that or this or it's, it's right or wrong. Like don't yuck someone else's yum. Like if someone else likes something that sounds completely ridiculous to you, so what? Let them enjoy it. Yeah, it doesn't have to suit you. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love oh, God.
0: I love it. I'll tell you what, one of my friends really needed to hear that, but they will never listen to this podcast <laughs> anyway. But, but that's a judgment. Just who fast I- forward. Oh, just send them a sound. I- I- who am I to say that they needed to hear that? Anyway. <laughs> Jill, I love you. It. Is there anything that yeah, exactly? Do you have anything that you want to leave the uh that leave the listeners with, any wisdom, any bits, any any anything? Um as we round up the hour.
1: Oh, I just be aware of your shoulds, truly truly it is um i have found it to be a really powerful um gateway into loving myself more and doing the things that that i enjoy like learning more about myself and and why i'm doing things so so that's what i would leave them with just pay attention write it down it's a great little activity to just keep a notepad or on your notes on your phone pay attention to it and and see how it can you know very small way it's a very small way to start Changing your 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 experience,
0: amazing. And while I will tag you in all things, would you like to tell them where they can find you?
1: Oh, I'm on the Instagram, like an old lady. I love it. I'm the should lady, and I, you know, honestly, you guys, like, I don't always put a lot of shitty content on there. A lot of times, it's just me um, gushing about how much I love my dog and and my people in my life. But but that I feel has been the the most amazing uh, testament to how eliminating a lot of that shitty shit has created, um, an experience that I really enjoy and love. And that's all I want for everybody is to, is to find, find their own way in that. And so, so the should ladies where you'll, is where I'm the most active on Instagram and Hey, is my website. If you're curious, you can send me an email there. It's very easy. Jill at Hey, Um, and I just, yeah, I just love to connect. Send me your shoulds. I'd love to, like, just write a big old fat list and just email them to me. I'll just, I'll hold them for you. But it feels really good to get rid of them. I love that. Jill, thank you so
0: much for being on the podcast today. This was awesome. And that about does it for this week's episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Big thank you to Jill Anderson. Thank you, Jill, for being here this week. One of my favorite fucking people. You can check her out, the should lady on Instagram or com. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Until then... If you're looking to level up in the new year, please subscribe to Get the Fuck Off emails. You can do so at breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. You can visit me on my website, getthefuckoff.com. I am accepting applications for clients for the new year, for one-on-one clients. Uh, day one group coaching is currently closed, but there is a waitlist available at getthefuckoff.com slash day one. That was the group that Jill and I were talking about on this week's episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. So you can feel free to check out my website, join in the wait list. There's also a list of recommended reading for day one if you want to get started on you know some stuff to start leveling up your mindset in the new year. I am looking forward to hearing from everybody if there's anything on your mind as we approach 2023. The energy for 2023 is going to be a whole whirlwind of new shit which I am so fucking excited about. So definitely reach out Andy deE at getthefuckoff.com. I will see you all next week for another episode in 2023, first episode of 2023. I will see you all next time. Take care, be safe, and stay beautiful.